live from Fort Bragg's backyard. This is the show that put the 110 Nation on the map. There is only one nation, the 110 Nation. And you're listening to the 110 Nation Sports Show. Covering each and every sport across the board. There is no sport too large or too little. It's time to talk the talk. Here we go. Here's the man, the founder, and your host, Mr. CJ Sports. Welcome, everybody, to the 110 Nation Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. CJ Sports. You can follow me at Mr. CJ Sports. You can follow the 110 Nation at 110 Nation. Check us out on Facebook, my personal fan page, Mr. CJ Sports, the 110 Nation fan page, the 110 Nation Sports, and also check out our site, www.the110nationsports.com, for all the latest going on here at the 110 Nation. I want to make sure that I thank Carolina Sports Plus and more to music. Without these great marketing partners, we wouldn't be able to do what we do or grow the way we grow. So I want to make sure that I thank them. Um, you guys can check them out on our uh, website, www.110nationsports.com. I don't know why I didn't even have to think about that. Um, on the main page, you go to the very bottom, click the banner. Um, if you uh, check out the articles, go to the right-hand side of those. They will uh, Banners will pop up on the right-hand side. <clears throat> Carolina Sports Plus will take care of all your sporting merchandising needs. All you do is click on it. It'll take you to their uh, their uh, Facebook page. Uh, just check out their items. Let Mario know what you're looking for, what you need. Let him know the 110 Nation sent you. He'll take care of you. And then also, more music um, for all your deeds you need. If you got a party, wedding, um, graduation, whatever the case may be, um, just hit him up and uh, let the one let him know the one ten nation sent you as well. Um, we got Izzo joining us here at three or three thirty. There we go, eight oh three and thirty after. So that's where the three thirty just came from. But anyway, um, we got Izzo joining us at eight thirty to get us caught up on the latest going on in the NHL, um, the Stanley Cup Finals, and get us ready for Game Six that should be getting underway at any time now. Um, I believe it was eight o'clock start time for that game. I know there's no uh, – the clock's not running on there yet, so I know it's not actually got underway yet. But uh, Tampa Bay um, and Dallas, game six, Tampa Bay leads 3-2 series. If I remember, if I heard correctly, there was a double over double overtime game, keeping um, Dallas alive. But we'll get more details of that um, later on at 8.30. Uh, another, another week, and I do apologize about Wednesday. Um, we were not in the studio Wednesday night. Um, it's it's been been crazy. Um, they they shut a store down, um, probably two or three, maybe even four miles up the road for me. And we're feeling a a, a severe increase in sales. 
Um, a lot of those customers have made it down our way. I would say we jumped up about five, $6,000 just last week alone. Uh, between that, the gym and everything going on by the time Thursday night, or I'm sorry, Wednesday night rolled around one, it was a rough ride home. Um, but uh, by the time Wednesday night rolled around, I did something, I forget what I did. Got home, oh, I met my mom at the uh, the store. We were looking for stuff because uh, two weekends from now, my daughter is getting married. Head in North Carolina, and so we were getting stuff to take with us, and <clears throat> I'd ordered food. I, I waited on her for about, I started falling asleep, even in a quick five minutes, I'd even waited on her. Um, she was like, uh, how about we go to another store? I said, how about I got food ordered next door? I'm going to grab that go home. And that's what I did. I grabbed that, went home. I was home by 5.30. I was passed, knocked the out by 5.45, and that was it. <laughs> that was a wrap. <clears throat> I knew that I hit that point where I I needed to get some sleep. So uh, I do apologize for us not being on Wednesday night, but I knew at the end of the day that's what was needed and that was best. Um, so we're back here on Monday night. Um, like I said, Israel joined us at 8.30. I took my 21, 11, and 0. I guess I have to add an O part to this. Um, record going into, I was like 62.5%, 63%, something like that. Going into the week, um, gave my picks for the uh, the football pool. I'd say local football pool, but the football pool is about four states away, 580 miles away. Um, not quite the week that I was hoping for. Um, kind of disappointed in Jacksonville, more so Minnesota, giving up the uh, field goal late uh, to Tennessee, letting them win. Giants, they just look like garbage. That was just a horrible pick. Um, Chargers losing, and Atlanta, who just can't seem to get out of their own way, and I should know better than to pick the Atlanta Falcons. Um, nine five, and unfortunately, I'm gonna have to say this and one because everybody has a one this week because there was a tie. Um, we're gonna jump into that first. First of all, Philly, <laughs> you made yourself look like complete garbage. You couldn't even beat the Cincinnati Bengals, who are garbage. Um, cannot they cannot win, they suck, they're garbage. <laughs> Burrow, overrated. Highly overrated, and we, we had this whole discussion last week as Colin Kaepernick, uh, of course, his dislike for Baker Mayfield and his his ongoing laundry list of things, reasons why Burrow is just so much better, and then told us what we what what we actually saw, and then once you break down what we actually saw was nothing what Colin Kaepernick, or I'm sorry, um, Colin Cowherd even said or even watched. I, I don't know what the hell he was even watching. And then here we go into the next week, and once again, the Bengals can't win a game. Um, I'm not so much worried about the fact that Philadelphia can't beat Cincinnati. That's that's their own issue, and you, you banked on Carson Wentz, who has really done nothing for your franchise. Your only success since you drafted him was when Nick Foles was quarterback and won you a Super Bowl and then took you deep into the playoffs the next year. Had nothing to do with Carson Wentz. <clears throat> as a matter of fact, as each game goes by, as each season goes by, 
you guys just look like you're just throwing money away and you're 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 bound to determine you're not going to admit that you totally busted and screwed up that draft pick. And I I think most of the NFL and the media is just waiting to see how long you're willing to bite your hand to save your face um, and willing to not admit that you screwed up and just move on. You should have kept Nick Foles. Um, That was definitely a a, a no-brainer. And uh, as Nick Foles led the Chicago Bears to a victory, taking the Chicago Bears to 3-0 and um, after Trubisky went ahead and got the uh, – go sit on the bench. Let's, let's watch a real quarterback do this um, nod. And uh, so curious to see next week. Um, curious to next, see next week um, if uh, Nick Foles gets the uh, – um, gets the nod for the starting quarterback position um, or, or if Chicago is going to kind of be in the same old Philadelphia and bound to determine that they're not going to admit that they really screwed up on another on their draft pick. But I, I want to get <clears throat> I want to get into the topic of the tie. I I don't know who sat down when they made the rules and thought that to have a tie was a good idea. I don't. And with all the rule changes that have happened, I mean, you pretty much can't touch a quarterback. Um, Receivers got to be able to catch the ball and take a couple steps before a DB can really do anything to them. And, you know, that's why these 5,000-yard passing seasons don't really mean dilly squat to nobody because, well, hell, I mean, you can't touch a quarterback. You can probably touch a receiver. Um, you really want to impress me? Get a running back out there, throw it rushing for 1,000 yards, 1,200 yards, 1,500 yards, even 2,000 yards because you can murder a damn running back, but you can't hardly touch a quarterback, and you you got to let the receiver do his thing for you even not to touch him kind of uh, scenario. So if you really want to impress me, impress me with your running game because uh, that other the other stats and stuff, the league's so so ridiculous with that. It, you're going to have high, you're going to have five thousand yard quarterbacks. You're going to have thousand multiple thousand yard receivers on teams and everything else. Like, yeah, that's just the way it is. But with all these rule changes and all these modifications and all this technology and everything that they have done since the beginning of the NFL and all the changes they have made, even though it makes no sense really to anybody on this planet, in in this solar system, in this this galaxy, in this universe, it, it makes sense to nobody. Even even ET or anything else out there that is chiming in on our satellite system, watching these games, and I'm not one of these and UFOs and everything else. I'm not gonna say there's not, but that Bigfoot and Ghost are those things that unless I see it, there ain't such thing. Now if I see it, then we'll have a different conversation. Um, I'm not gonna say there's not, but I'm going to say that 
I, there's no really been any legit evidence of any of that. So um, I'm going to go with until I see it, I don't believe it. But anyway, even with it making no sense this was ever ruled in the first place, why has it not been adjusted? Why has it not been modified? Why are we not figuring a way to throw another overtime in it, go to kick and field goals, and, and I don't care, start them at 35 yards. And, and if they may, each, each team makes a field goal, then you back them up five yards. And then you back them up another five yards. I don't care how you do this. I don't care if it comes down to a simple, a simple flip of the coin. I really don't care at this point. But there is no reason ever in a grown person's sport that there is ever a tie. You're going to tell me that kickoff happens at 1 o'clock. I sit there until 4.30, 5 o'clock, depending on the overtime, normally four, after 4 o'clock. So I'm already watched three hours just in a regular, regular time game. But now I've got to watch another 10 minutes of overtime. So we're looking at closer to four-hour game. So I'm sitting there for four hours for a tie. For it to mean absolutely nothing, that it basically we're back to where we started at one o'clock. Like, where does how it's grown man sport? There should never be a tie. There is no reason that there is ever a tie. It is beyond me why at this point we have not come up with some kind of rule change, some kind of modification, something to make sure that we don't have games ending in tie. That is the stupidest, most pointless, most ridiculous rule that there is in the NFL. I'm going to dedicate four hours of my afternoon for us to be basically back at point A. I'm not understanding why this is not – and it, it wasn't even on my teams. Like, it, it shouldn't bother me, but it does every time. And it's hard. I don't I, I think – no, we lost to the Jets at the end of the, right at the end of the game a few years back. That kept it from going into uh, us finishing a tie. But these weren't even my teams. I could really care the outcome, except for that it would have been better to have a win on my my football pool versus having a tie. But everybody had a tie, so it doesn't, it's not back to the original point. We're back to one o'clock, like the game didn't matter because nobody got a win or a loss. Why why are fans only upset when it happens in that moment and that's the end of it? Like why is this not more? Of, I don't understand how a bunch of grown adults can watch a bunch of grown men play a sport, talk shit all day long, post stuff, memes, talk garbage, everything else, have all these different groups, and then not have an issue with the game ending in a tie. Like, it is beyond me and makes absolutely positively um, no sense. I won. This only bothers people when it happens. 
why more people are not upset that they sit there and watch four hours of football for it to mean nothing. Like, I just don't get it. And talking about my Cleveland Browns, there we go. Love this transition. Very excited. Start to see all this talent come together and play together. We were on the longest active streak. 84 games of either being 500 or less. We had not been over 500 since I think they said like 2014 or something. And I remember when we were above, the only time we were above 500, I was at the gym when that, that happened. I want to say Derek Anderson was our quarterback at that time. Can't remember the quarterback. 84 consecutive weeks of being 500 or less. And it comes to an end finally. I guess what, it's, it's, it's fun watching the Browns play these days. Not something that, you know, not something often we, we get to enjoy. There, there's not, it's not something that um, often that, uh, that, uh, that Browns fans get to take in and make the most of and actually have a legitimate conversation and it not be because of, of a bad call or a bad play or something just out of the blue happened, but we're, we're legitimately two and one and have a team. And don't don't take this as, oh, CJ is talking about the, the Browns and playoff runs and Super Bowl. I, I think we, we might slide in a wild card. It, it really depends on how Baltimore and, and the Steelers play their season and how it continues. The way it's looking <clears> – <throat> Even as good as we are, I don't know if we even make the playoffs. Um, Baltimore and Pittsburgh both looking really good right now. And that, that leaves oh, one wild card, one division winner, and that only leaves one other wild card spot. Does, doesn't leave a lot of room to – a lot of room to uh, – wiggle, a lot of wiggle room there. you got some other teams coming out looking pretty good in the AFC. Um, and so, that you know, the the, the Patriots – Buffalo up in the the AFC East. You got um, out west. You got the Chiefs and the 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 Raiders. Even though they took an L this week, but two and one. You got some other teams out there that look pretty good. I'm not confident. I I feel pretty good about our odds of making slipping in the wild card spot. I think we'd be a one and done. I'd be surprised if we went any farther than the wild card round. But I'll take a winning season first of all. (laughs) It's been a long time. Uh, I'm really upset about this weekend, though, because uh, we were supposed to be in Cleveland this weekend to to watch us play that Washington football team. I think everybody up and down the road heard me, though. I, I was definitely into it, wearing my Nick Chubb um, jersey, watching uh, Chubb do his thing, Cream Hunt, um, watching watching Mayfield actually uh, make some good throws. I was waiting to see the, the, the reports. I was waiting to see Colin um, Cowher run his mouth. Well, he only threw through, what, 23 passes and 100-some-odd yards. I don't even think he will crack 200 yards. Um, when you got the best running back duo in the entire NFL, you don't got to throw the ball a lot, which I'm not 
feeling that's necessarily a bad thing. As long as egos can stay in check, Landry, I think, is good. Beckham, I don't know how long he'll keep it in check. But if you minimize where he's only throwing the ball 20, I don't know, 24 to 28 times, you reduce the uh, the chances of turnovers. You, you, you reduce the chances of bad decisions made, and you keep the ball – one, you keep control of the you keep control of the game clock, but also you keep control of the ball. You keep control of the flow of the game, and when you have the two best running backs, you're also getting yards. You're getting scores, um, and, and so it, it, it was definitely a fun game to watch. Um, I, I'll continue to look out for the reports. I, I know. There's going to be some naysayers, and I, I, I first to admit, there's a lot of things Mayfield. I'm still not sold on Mayfield. And a lot of people, oh, this, that, and the other. No, I, <laughs> y'all remember, I was not, I was not happy with us getting Mayfield. Uh, I don't, didn't feel that was the best decision in the world. Um, looked good the rookie season last last year was more of what what I expected. And so he's he's turning things around. They've learned a lot. Um, unfortunately for him, third coach, third offensive coordinator, third system. So, you know, I, I tell you what, it's a hell of an adjustment for all these guys, especially that have been there for the last three years and had to change three years in a row. Um, but I like this game plan. I, I like the minimizing of having to rely on Mayfield's arm um, when he is confident and feeling it, the balls are just perfect and he, he he's got some zing on it and it's fun to watch but those days that he's not feeling it and he's not in that zone he's not feeling as he would put it dangerous then it gets real ugly real fast um gets baltimore was a prime example the game got out of control real quick and and they never had an opportunity um and, and so um We'll see you next week against the, the the Dallas Cowboys. This ought to be a fun game. Um, Dallas got lucky last week with that onside kick. The win over Atlanta um, last night, not so lucky as Seattle came back with a 38-31 win. Um, it's going to be a fun game. Um, Ms. Brandy, her sister, and niece are Cowboys fans. So it's one of those things, and most of uh, the Brandy's household is converted over to being Browns fans. So this ought to be a fun, interesting weekend. Fortunately for most of them, uh, we're going to be out of town this weekend. We're going to be up in our annual trip with my mom in Gatlinburg. So uh, don't get to rub it in too much, and you're going to have to be catching the updates and the scores um, on the road. So uh, not going to get a, a full opportunity to uh, – watch the game and everything else, but uh, um, but it will be interesting to uh, be able to uh, hopefully talk some smack this week and see the Browns continue to play. That's my, my big concern right now when, when it comes to the Browns is the level of competition. You, you didn't fare well at all. And Baltimore had made it in the red zone already, and then it ended up with only a field goal with 9:20 left. The uh, Ravens are up three to nothing over the Kansas City Chiefs. I have the Kansas City Chiefs tonight. I feel it's going to be a high-scoring game, so we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs take this one and uh, at least get to go 10-5 and one. As y'all know, my goal 
um, for each season is to be 75% better. Going into this week, I was about 62 or 63%, so I really need this need this win to uh, – um, I'd much rather go 9 or 10, 5, and 1 versus 9, 6, and 1. But anyway, uh, but that's my, my big concern. Week 1, you you – really didn't look good against a tough Baltimore team. And then it's easy to roll in and play Cincinnati, who is garbage. And it's easy to roll in and play Washington, who has been garbage for so long. And then, hell, they couldn't even put, pick all the opportunities in the world to put, pick a new football team. And they couldn't even decide on, decide on that and went with the Washington football team. Um, and their whole scandal and everything else going on in their front office and all the distractions and everything else. Um, and so it was kind of to be expected um, for um, the, the, the Browns to be able to beat the Washington Redskins or the, the Washington football team, my bad. Um, but here we roll into to Dallas. It should be a, it should be a give-me game. It should be a game that the Browns are able to go into Dallas and win because Dallas is not. Uh, you you take away that that onside kick, giving them the ball back. You're looking at an 0-3 Dallas Cowboys team versus a 1-2 Dallas Cowboys team. I mean, let's let's face the facts. They are what they are. So there there should not be an issue of these Cleveland Browns to be able to go in and do what they've done the last couple weeks. Um, but my big concern with the Browns, because it was brought up uh, Sunday or whatever, came back at one, and, and I was talking, and I was like, you know, it's kind of to be expected, just like last week. Uh, you, you're, we beat two teams that are not relevant, that are not going to the playoffs, um, that will probably have top five picks. I mean, just face the facts, Washington and Cincinnati, both garbage. Um, my big concern is this Cleveland team getting a false confidence, feeling that they are better than what they are, and walk into these football games playing these games like they're as good as they have looked against garbage teams and not playing to the level of the, the team that is actually any good because they've been used to being beat up on garbage teams. That That is a big concern of mine. And I'm hoping that uh, Cleveland doesn't fall trapped to that, and um, it, it gets goes into um, these games playing to level their level or really playing better. Because honestly, these last two weeks, if they would have been game teams that are 500 or better teams or even close to 500, um, I, I don't know if Cleveland would have pulled these wins out. That. Cincinnati game was a little bit closer. I know it was 35-30. You, honestly, you take away the last touchdown. It was Garbage touchdown of 35-23. That's still – Cincinnati, come on. We should, the game should not have been that close. And we won by like 12 points against Washington. But with, what, three interceptions and a fumble, that game still shouldn't even have been a two-possession game. That game – and that was Washington, what, had the ball with, what, four minutes left and didn't call any timeouts and really didn't push it. I'm just willing to take the take the L and move on to the next week. So uh, um, there, there's still a lot of things that Cleveland needs to clean up. Um, some calls, not 
not great. Um, some calls were on points, and Cleveland needs to clean those up, especially as our schedule gets harder. You you need to play. Um, you need to look like you looked like against these last two teams, but against Baltimore when you play them again, or the Steelers, your two games coming up. Um, Dallas this week, like I said, it, it, it's Dallas onside kick away from being 0-3 versus 1-2. and um, But don't don't play down to the level of Dallas. You need to play to the level of uh, – um, you guys need to play every week like you're playing Baltimore or Kansas City or, or teams to Seattle and, and versus – um, getting used to playing to the, the the garbage of Cincinnati or uh, um, Washington or even Dallas at this point. Um, Tampa Bay is in a power play with 13 minutes left in the first. We got Izzo getting ready to join us here. Before we get him in the studio, I want to make sure that I thank Carolina Sports Plus and um, more to music. Without these great marketing partners, we wouldn't be able to do what we do or grow the way we grow. So I want to make sure that uh, um, I thank them. We got Izzo joining us. going to get us caught up on um, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, finals. Um, Talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to expect to see in game six. Uh, Talk about uh, game five. Correct me if I'm wrong when you get on here. I thought I heard something about a double overtime and uh, um, how this series is continued on because of that and other NHL updates. So without any further delay, Izzo, how are you doing tonight? Hey, uh, we're uh, we're doing pretty good. Uh, we're sitting here enjoying game uh, game number six right now, like you said. Uh, Tampa is on the power play right now. They are trying to put that power play to work right now. Um, this game is tied uh, at zero right now with just about 13 minutes left to go in the first period. Um, so this game is being uh, uh, broadcasted on NBC right now. So if you need something to watch, you know, tune in NBC right now, catch game six, watch the Stars try to keep their playoff hopes alive here tonight, Jay. Um. Before we jump into NHL stuff, other other uh, breaking stuff, let's, let's recap game five. Did I hear that right? Did that game go into double overtime? Or I swear that I was watching the race last night, and they were talking about the race ended, Saturday night race ended, and they, they still had time to watch not one but two overtimes, if I heard that correctly. I was kind of in and out because it was late. Um, is, did I hear that correctly? Did game five go double overtime? Yes, the game did go into uh, – uh, double OT where the Stars were able to uh, survive and force this uh, this game six. So Corey Perry um, has absolutely uh, um, been on fire these last couple uh, couple games. Uh, he scored two. He's got uh, goals in consecutive games, uh, uh, game five and game four. Um, we're still early here in this first period right now, so we still got to, we still have that to go. But that game five. Um, you know the, the usual suspects. It, it was Corey Perry with a couple goals, um, and Joe Pavelski with a big goal too as well. But you know Mikhail Sergachev and Andre Palat, these guys are still showing up for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, obviously Tampa Bay is in the lead right now in the series, uh, three to two. Um, you know, and there's a big reason why. Um, they're an offensive juggernaut. They can skate. 
um, with pretty much anybody and, and score goals pretty much at will with guys like Sergeyev, Kucherov, Hedman, Kalorn, uh, you know, the list goes on and on um, with the, with what these guys have, uh, especially on the back end on the defense. Um, when you look at, um, when you look at Dallas right now, Dallas has used 27 people uh, on their roster, which is the most since 2016 when the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning were in the cup final then, or in the playoffs then. I think they made the cup final, if I remember correctly. Um, I'll have to check on that later. But, you know, it, it's it's been all Lightning. It's been, their, it's been their speed. It's been their offensive, you know, prowess. And what they're doing right now um, with key injuries to Dallas right now on their back end with a lot of their penalty killers uh, out on the shelf. Uh, Steven Johns is out with an injury right now. Uh, Radic Fox is out right now with a key injury. Uh, so these, you know, a lot of these young rookies that are coming up that are, you know, they're scoring, um, but they're not necessarily uh, producing, uh, you know, producing points. Um, you know, so uh, poor Sondell for the uh, for the Stars, uh, defenseman for the Stars. I think he's been on the goal for a dozen, or he's been on the ice for a dozen goals that have been scored against uh, Dallas in the series so far. So Sondell's having a really bad. Uh, time here too but you know um, that game five it did go to a double OT so I'm going to be really paying attention to see how Tampa really looks you know they're they're getting some offensive uh, zone prowess right now um, but you know who, who knows how much do they really have in the tank is the stamina there to close this out you know do you really want this to go to a game seven um, you know and with the with the turnaround of the season being so short you know, that's another thing I'm worried about with these two teams right here, Jay, is what are they going to look like at the beginning of next season after this is done and over with? So, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of factors kind of going on right here with this crazy, you know, pandemic season kind of going on thus far. But, you know, nonetheless, um, we still have hockey, a uh, potential, you know, Stanley Cup winner here on Monday Night Football. So, um, I, I know there's a good game on tonight. Um, I do need some fantasy players to kind of help me out tonight a little <laughs> bit. Um, but, you know, I'm just kind of tuning in and, and, and just kind of watching the, the flow of Tampa. One thing I did notice is Tampa did look a little flat in that game five. They they were kind of sluggish there for a little bit, weren't really playing their game uh, too much, mm-hmm. and Dallas just kept on chipping away there a little bit, uh, you know, and that's why it kind of ended up the way it ended up. So, I mean – you know, Tampa can show up. If they start getting, you know, some chances and some looks, we could see a Stanley Cup winner tonight. But um, thus far, Anton Hudobin, uh, the Stars goaltender, has been on fire so far um, these last two games. I mean, last game, uh, between him and Vasilevsky, uh, you know, honestly, Jay, both these guys are going to be up for running, you know, for the Conn Smythe, um, whichever team wins, uh, regardless. I do know that Braden Point, uh, one of the uh, Tampa players is up for that. But, I mean, gosh darn, you you really got to look at this goaltending clinic that these guys put on, minus the game uh, where Hudobin was just was just torched. I mean, both these guys have made spectacular saves. Um, I know some of these, uh, some of these uh, go- goaltenders, you know, today are just so – so agile and so athletic it's it's just unbelievable so you know i think i i would not be shocked if this game if this game six tonight jay goes into ot again i i just would not be the least bit surprised Tampa bay was up 3-1 going into game five had an opportunity to wrap things up and be done with it takes dallas takes them to double overtime 
is there any point of yesterday's or the the game five that you sat there and thought right there that is that is the opportunity that missed on. This, that right there is what's going to turn this game and Dallas uh, is now going to take this game. And what did Tampa Bay not do that they should have done um, in, to order, in order to not drag this out and potentially, as this goes on, this, this is not helping them, um, what, 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 what should they have done differently or what, what did they not uh, capitalize on to uh, wrap this series up? Well, if you really look, it's been the Dallas penalty kill that's been hurting them. With all the injuries that they have, Tampa's really kind of flowed on the uh, on the power play. I, I think the other night they went, uh, what, uh, over 50% or just at 50% on the power play in game number four or three or whatever that blowout was. I mean, Dallas has been – that's what's been shooting Dallas in the foot, dumb penalties at bad times. Skaters getting caught, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting caught. Uh, you know, with their feet sleeping and everything and guys are getting behind them, you know, you're forced to take a bad penalty to, to kind of, you know, keep the puck out of the net. And that's what's really been hurting Dallas. And um, these last two games, this game five, you know, uh, both teams went over on the power play. But the big thing was, was Dallas stayed out of the box, um, which is something that they need to continuously keep doing is staying out of the box. That seems to be their... Achilles heel right now. Um, you know, you don't want Tyler Johnson, Kalorn, Kucherov, Hedman. You don't want these guys on the ice all together with a man advantage right now. Um, so, and I mean, it looks like we got another penalty coming up against, uh, uh, I, I think, against Dallas, against John Klingberg for possibly a trip. So, you know, this is something that Dallas needs to avoid. Um, oh, yeah, that was a trip. Oh, yeah, he definitely got his skates, uh, stick in his skates on that one, Jay. That's a bad, that's a bad one. So playing physical is one thing, you know, you always got to keep your eye on the stick because this is what, this is what makes Tampa so dangerous. It only takes one shot to change the outlook of a game. You know, it only takes one goal to take, you know, to change the outlook of the game. So, you know, Dallas has to continuously, they have to be aggressive on this penalty kill, um, on their penalty kill overall. They have to, you know, force uh, quick decisions and everything, because that's when you when you force quick passes and everything. That's when passes are inaccurate. You know, they bounce off a stick, take a funny bounce, end up out of the zone. You got to reset and everything. And these are all, um, you know, uh, these all kill precious seconds and everything like that. So, you know, being positive on the uh, on the PK for Dallas is going to be the the hinge for this game and staying out of the box. So. They're already uh, at their uh, – and it looks like Tampa has just capitalized on the power play. It looks like it was Braden Point. Uh, so, you know, there you go. You, you put these guys on the power play, and it, it's it's a clinic. You know, it's like watching a clinic there, Jay. And, and this is what's going to shoot Dallas in the foot, taking dumb penalties at the wrong time. Um, you know, and you just – you know, you give up a costly goal. That was a – a bad rebound given up by Hudobin right there. And just unfortunately, um, Braden Point was right there at the right time and followed up his own shot. So, you know, good look on him not, uh, you know, got, not uh, quitting on the play and following it up right off the shot. Hudobin had no clue where it was. So, you know, getting back to it, you know, Tampa right now, when, you're, when they're on their power play, they're, it's lethal. It's absolutely lethal. And when they play with the lead, you know, it's kind of hard to chase that team. But, Dallas has 
you know, there is no tomorrow for Dallas. So you know they're going to throw everything, in, including the kitchen sink, at the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning to get this to a game seven. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went into overtime. So it's still early. We're still in the first period. So even though Tampa has a lead, um, you know, it. trust me, one shot can change the, the whole outlook of a game. So, you know, and – that's the thing that's been really entertaining about this, um, even though some of the refereeing has been somewhat suspect um, in, in some of these uh, in some of these finals games thus far. But um, you know, uh, other than that, Jay, I've been completely impressed with what Dallas and Tampa are doing, especially Tampa, with how much hockey they've played in the last several weeks now. Before we jump into uh, the first topic, uh, I do want to give an update. Monday Night Football is, at, like I said, at the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they are up 63. They did score a touchdown. They missed the extra points um, while Lizzo was uh, talking about this, and they have gotten the ball back already. Um, I think Baltimore was on downs, um, gave uh, pulling the ball back. But anyway, um, as we, we discussed last week, the turnaround for – the NHL season will be pretty quick as we're getting ready to wrap up here at the end of uh, September. We'll be in October before the season is done, and, and let's say end tonight, but you, you might as well say we're in October. Um, and, and they're looking to try to get the next season um, underway in basically two months, the beginning of December, December 1st, which that means a lot of things got to happen for a lot of teams and, and getting trades and, and free agency and draft and everything. It's going to be quick. It's going to be fast. There's going to be a lot going on. And uh, the Red Wings and the Rangers have already started working on next season as they have made a trade. Let's jump into that first. Yeah, that was a, a big one right there uh, with uh, with Mark Saul, one of the Saul brothers, uh, brother of Eric and Jordan, uh, was traded uh, to the Detroit Red Wings uh, the other day. Stevie Eiserman, uh this is probably the first official rebuild act of the uh, the CVY area uh, era, I should say. Um, so, you know, the defenseman in the second round pick in the 21, uh, 2021 draft uh, will go to Detroit uh, for future considerations. Um, so this is just uh, Iserman trying to acquire draft picks um, that the the Red Wings just don't have right now. So, um, you know, the he's Mark Stahl, 33 years old. He's going to be playing the final season of a six-year deal that he, he got back in 2015. Um, with the Rangers, um, you know, the salary cap is going to still remain at $81.5 million, obviously, for this, uh, for this whole pandemic and everything. So um, you're adding a little bit of a veteran presence uh, there, uh, which I do believe is going to be a positive fill. You're going to get an excellent defenseman there in Mark Stahl. I think he's going to – I think a good change of scenery is going to be good for him. Uh, and for the Rangers, you're freeing up some salary cap because the Rangers are obviously in rebuild mode right now. Um, you know, so it, it's going to be, you know, both teams are in rebuild mode. I'd say Detroit's way farther back in the line uh, from being a close, complete team. Uh, New York is definitely a lot closer. They're definitely going to be uh, a playoff contender here, especially with the young goaltending that they have coming up. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a, a good move. Detroit's going to get a draft pick here, which is something they're certainly going to need. They're going to be looking to stock up their farm system. Um, Because, for example, if you look at this Tampa Bay Bay team right now, Jay, this is Stevie Wise's team before he came to Detroit. So everybody knows he was the general manager there down in Tampa. 
This is his team. So um, he he brought in Hedman. He brought in uh, Tyler Johnson. He brought in Steven Stamkos, unfortunately, who's unfit to play for the rest of this series. You know, he, he brought a lot of this team. He brought in Andre Vasilevsky. They drafted him. Um, so I do believe that, you know, he's making the right move here. He's acquiring draft picks because I do believe he knows what he's looking at. Um, he's definitely got the eye for the talent, Jay, and it's obviously showing just by what uh, Tampa Bay is doing in this playoffs right now. So um, good move for, for Detroit right now. Um, those teams are not the only teams making some moves, as the uh, Ottawa Senators have also uh, been doing some stuff and working on some things as they bought out a contract. Let's jump into that next. Yeah, uh, Bobby Ryan, who's been with the uh, uh, with the Ottawa Senators now, I think for, oh gosh, uh, the past seven, eight seasons now, um, has his contract bought out um, by the Ottawa Senators. So um, he signed a $50.75 million uh, uh, con- uh, deal, uh, I think it was $7.25 million annually um, from 2014. Um, he scored eight points, five goals, and three assists in 24 games this uh, year and, and taking an ex- uh, extended, extended leave of absence uh, to uh, enter the uh, NHL uh, and NHL Players Association player assistance program citing issues with alcohol abuse. So, um, you know, Bobby Ryan is a very talented, talented hockey player. Spent a few years out there in Anaheim with the young Corey Perry and, and Ryan Getzlaff. Um I do believe that trade, if I'm not mistaken, happened back in 2013 um, uh, with the uh, – uh, uh, with the Ducks back in the day. So um, Bobby Ryan's a very good goal scorer, a uh, very great hockey player. He's been through a lot in his lifetime. Um, I do know that there are some documentaries uh, about Bobby Ryan and some uh, some stories and some articles about there about his life growing up um, with his father and everything and, and the issues that he's faced. So, you know, I, all prayers to him, man. Like, uh, great hockey player, tremendous talent. Would love to see him be able to get back on the ice um, you know, he's, you know, a great, a great talented player. And I think after, if he can kick these demons and get, uh, get the alcohol under control, um, he could be a, a great asset for uh, a team, second, third line winger. Um, you know, he's been a proven 30 goal scorer before. Um, you know, I think he can, uh, he, he can definitely still be a 20 goal scorer uh, in the league for, you know, a couple of years. Um, given uh, given his talent and everything for uh, uh, for Bobby Ryan, and that's not the only news for out of the Ottawa Center uh, Senators camp um, as they uh, not going to have a goalie return um, as uh, he's going to go ahead and explore the free agent uh, market. Uh, let's jump into that next. Hey, uh, can, uh, 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 Anderson uh, for the uh, goaltender for the. Uh, uh, Craig Anderson for the goaltender for the Ottawa Senators, excuse me, got tongue-tied there, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, says he wants to continue his career, but uh, he is not going to be extended um, for the uh, 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 with the Ottawa Senators, I should say. Um, uh, you know, 39-year-old goalie right now um, is, you know, it's kind of kind of rough, you know, being 39 years old. Uh, you know, in this league right now, with so many great goaltenders coming up and uh, coming up into the ranks right now. So um, he was 11, 17, and two with a 3.25 a- uh, goals against average this year, uh, just over 90 percent uh, save percentage in 34 uh, games. He had 31 starts this season. Um, 
you know, overall he's two hundred. He's got two hundred two wins under his belt. Um, you know, save percentage is uh, over ninety one percent. He's got twenty eight shutouts uh, and four hundred and thirty five games, and four hundred twenty two of those he started uh, uh, during ten seasons uh, with the Senators. So he ranks first in Ottawa history in wins, uh, and he's second in shutouts. He's only two behind Patrick Laine. Uh, great goaltender from back in the day, guy who played for the Penguins for a long time. He was a kind of a fan favorite there for a little bit. Uh, so that was a pretty uh, pretty interesting company to be in there. Uh, Craig Anderson, you know, took the uh, the Sens to the Eastern uh, Conference Final uh, a couple seasons ago against the Penguins when the Penguins won uh, one of their back-to-back cups there. I think it was the 2016 Cup, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. Um but Craig Anderson kind of went through a difficult period in that in that season too, uh, wife going through some health issues and everything like that. Got a lot of positive feedback from the fans and uh, from the city itself. So um, he's going to be looking for a job next season. Um, you know, he's uh, uh, he, I, I would say he's probably. I was to say how wise ahead, is this? Yeah. I was to say how wise is this? Like thirty nine years old. I, you one, you're going to educate me on life expectancy in the NHL, but I know Brady is like one of very few players that are playing past 40. So I, I know most sports that that are physical and everything. You get about 40. That's about the end of the road. Um, Tom Brady's kind of the exception. He also has a very um, in-depth eating regimen and workout, and has done a very good job with his health and his. Um, staying in, in in shape versus most other players, so he's kind of been the the, um, the exception to the rule. But one, what is the life expectancy um, in the NHL and at the goalie position? And is it wise when we're obviously at the 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 back end of his career? I understand he's accomplished all this in Ottawa, but those were earlier eleven seventeen and whatever you said. Um, last season, so there's kind of a decline, even with everything going on. How many, how many teams out there for in the market for a goalie that's almost 40 and didn't have the greatest of seasons last year? Yeah, the market's going to be uh, it, it, the, the goalie market itself. This this po- or this uh, this free agency, I should say, is going to be mm-hmm. pretty deep. Um, you know, with names like Brayton Holtby. You know, possibly uh, Lundqvist out of New York too. Now you got Craig Anderson that's going to be looking for a job. Corey Crawford, I do believe, is going to be on his way out of Chicago here soon. Um, you know, the life expectancy for goaltenders. You know, these guys can come in the league. When you look at a guy like Mark Andre Fleury, Fleury came in at 18 years old and was just thrown straight into the fire right off the get go. Um, I do believe now he's 35, 36, somewhere in that range right there. Um, if you look at a guy like Marty Brodeur, Marty Brodeur played until he was like 41, 42-ish, um, you know, and, and the bad thing for goalies, uh, especially guys that are like, uh, that use the hybrid, you know, or the butterfly style, um, where they're, you know, down on their knees a lot, and they use a lot of hips and everything, you, you know, the hip injuries kind of creep up on you a little bit, you know, they, they start getting a little stiff, you know, as you get older and everything, so... Um, the flexibility, you know, it, it's sometimes it, it just it, it can stay with you. Sometimes it, you know, it can betray your body and everything. 
most of these guys now um, are on strict diets, you know, uh, weight lifting programs, exercise programs, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, you know, they do specific goal tra- goalie training and everything like that. Um, you know, so there's a whole a whole regiment of things that they do to to keep their bodies in shape. I do believe he could be a solid number one still, you know, maybe for another season or two. Is it going to be really worth it? No. Maybe if you're in a win-now situation. Um, but there's really no kind of team out there right now that I would say, um, you know, would take that kind of chance right there. So um, his best bet, you know, I would say he's probably going to end up being a backup somewhere. Um you know, maybe to uh, maybe to a team who has a young goaltender that could use a little, you know, veteran presence, you know, kind of show them the ropes and everything. I think he could be very beneficial um, for something like that. Um, but, you know, as to be a solid number one at 39, you know, there's not a lot of real goaltenders, you know, at 39 that are, you know, stealing the show today, Jay. So, um, I think Hudobin is 34, 35. So, you know, and that shows you, um, you know, that, that shows you what the, you know, what the life expectancy of a goaltender is. I mean, when Tim Thomas won the uh, cup with the Bruins, oh, what was that? I can't remember what year that was. He was 35, 36 years old at the time. So some goalies, you know, they, they can peak late. Others, you know, they, they come in right off the get-go, um, you know, you guys like guys like Patrick Waugh back in the day for Montreal just came in and stole the show. Uh, Ken Dryden, who was another one for Montreal way back in the day in the 70s, came in and stole the show, coming straight out of Cornell University. So, um, you know, it's the goaltending situ- the, the goaltending prowess. It, I mean, it varies so much, um, you know, but as long as you stay eating right and, you know, staying in shape and everything, um, you know, goaltenders can have pretty lengthy careers. So, um, you know, it's not like a Yager type of situation or a Gordie Howe where you play in five different decades or anything like that. But, you know, a, a good goaltender, a Hall of Fame goaltender can can wind up with a 17 to 20-year career. So, you know, I, I hey, I could use 17, 20 years on an NHL pension. That wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be bad. Um, and my my downside when I talk with you at NHL is I jack up every last name or anything, period, when it comes to hockey. Um, it seems like no matter how I try to pronounce it, I'm always wrong. So, to just – so I don't jack up another game uh, or another name. Um, we're going to the Minnesota Wild um, – or the Minnesota – wherever Wild is, I'm sorry, I, yeah, Minnesota, right? Um, let go of uh, one of their linemen um, and uh, uh, the center, and uh, he's going to uh, prepare himself for free agent. Thirty-seven years old. Um, one, um, how? And I know you know what I'm talking about. You sent me the headline, headlines. I just, I, I'm gonna say Kovu, but I, I know I'm jacking it up. So I hate saying names. I know I sound like an idiot every time I do it. But. <laughs> Um, how big of a loss is this for Minnesota? Obviously, you know, they, they're they the ones that kind of let them know, hey, we ain't saying you got to retire, but you're going to have to go play somewhere else. And uh, what's the market for him? Uh, well, you were close, Jay. I'll give you that. You were very close. Miko, Miko Koivu. So, uh, like uh, I said, you almost that. had it. Yeah, you almost had it. You almost had it. But, yeah, Miko Koivu um, will, is going to become a free agent, and he's undecided about retiring right now. Um, 
I guess he has he is actually training right now um, for free agency market October 9th because uh, he is planning on uh, playing uh, for another season or for one of his uh, you know or he could go back to Finland where he's from and play um, if he doesn't retire if no one uh, really um, wants to pick him up so um, you know with him hitting free agency, which is him hitting free agency is good because you could get him at a cheaper rate, um, you know, definitely at a cheaper rate. So he's not going to be making uh, that six, seven million, I think, a year he was uh, once making and everything. But he spent his entire 15 seasons uh, with Minnesota. Um, I, I think he, if I remember correctly, the number six overall pick in the 20, uh, 2001 draft. So, um, you know, he, he, Minnesota's been his home this whole time. Um, he's been the captain now for, geez, it's, it feels like since forever. Um, I think 2010, 2009 maybe. Um, but he is the leader in points uh, with 709 assists, with 504 in games played uh, with 1,028. Uh, his 205 goals are second uh, to Marion Gabbard's 219. Um, you know, his points uh, in the playoffs, 11 goals, 17 assists, and 59 uh, Stanley Cup playoff games are second to Zach Parise, who is still currently on the team with 34. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be um, uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I don't know how big the market's going to be for him. Um, he, you know, he hasn't really – he doesn't have a Stanley Cup on his resume. Um, he's getting up there in age. He's definitely going to be wanting to look for a team that – is in a win, ready to win now mode. So, um, you know, if you look at a couple teams right now that possibly might have the cap space, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to, to really, really see a lot of teams. I don't necessarily feel right now. We're really worried about offense essentially. Um, you know, I think it's going to be more or less a defensive kind of a free agency to when you really look at it right now. So I'm already starting to see some things about, certain defensemen being moved around the uh, the league right now, Jay. So, um, you know, he's like I said, he's doing some light workouts right now. Um, you know, he, he's met with the, the general manager up in Minnesota a few times, and they've come to a mutual agreement that they're just not not going to extend uh, another contract offered to him. And, um, you know, I do believe he'll, he will get picked up by somebody. I think somebody's going to possibly just slightly – uh, steal him for a very cheap rate uh, for a season or two um, to try and possibly get him a cup. If not, um, I do foresee him possibly going over to Finland to play uh, over there in the uh, Finnish Elite League. Um, before we uh, hit anything else that we might have missed and get things wrapped up, um, Tampa Bay and Dallas are into the in, they've ended the first uh, one nothing still. Um, Dallas is in a power play, and then also the Kansas City Chiefs have scored again. They are up thirteen to three about the, the beginning of the second quarter for them as well. Um, did we miss any uh, topics that you want to jump into, and uh, what do you expect to see in uh, the second third period tonight um, for this uh, game six? Um, you know, other than that, Stamkos being out for the Stanley Cup Finals really, you know, kind of a, a downer for this one. Um, you know, he suffered that core muscle injury back uh, earlier this year, had surgery on it, um, you know, did play, uh, I do believe it was in game uh, number three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
uh, and scored a goal, and, and only had two minutes, 47 seconds of ice time. So um, John Cooper was very blunt about it today. He's not going to be back. Um, but, you know, at least um, he came in and contributed when he when he had to. So, you know, being on the ice for only two minutes and getting a goal, you know, that, that's some pretty good stats right there. So mm-hmm. um, also big news uh, coming out. Uh, Eichel is not requesting a trade from the Sabres. Um, there was some hoo-ha about that, that Eichel was not happy with the way the team was going, um, and there were rumors that he was requesting a trade. That has been snuffed by Jack Eichel personally. And, uh, you know, like I said, if we uh, if this goes to a game, uh, a game seven, if necessary, it's going to be Wednesday night on NBC. Uh, I do believe this game will be on at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that one's going to be, if necessary, going to be uh, Game 7 on NBC Wednesday night. Um, if Tampa pulls it off tonight, we're going to have the Conn Smythe winner, uh, most valuable player throughout the playoffs. And we're going to have the Stanley Cup uh, presented up in Rogers Place up in Edmonton. And we're going to have the, uh, we're just going to call it the Pandemic Stanley Cup champion uh, for 2020 <laughs> this year, Jay. So, um, you know, like I said, we're just going to keep watching. Like you said, we're at the end of the first right now. I'm going to go back in, inside and uh, kind of settle down for, for period two and see what, how the Stars uh, uh, make some adjustments here. I'd like to see them get a little bit more uh, puck uh, time in the offensive zone and put some traffic in front of Vasilevsky and elevate pucks. Uh, that's how they got to score them. you got to get those pucks up high. So we going to be paying attention to that. And, uh, you know, until next week, man, I'm just going to be uh, seeing if we can get a game seven. Hopefully we get some history made. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One more update before we get you out of here. The Baltimore Ravens have scored as well. So now it's 13 to 10, a little bit closer game for those uh, that are keeping up with the Monday night football game as well. Izzo, as always, it's a pleasure and it's an honor to have you join us. Looking forward to uh, next Tuesday or Monday night. Well, we used to do Tuesday. Next Monday night, uh, get us caught <laughs> up on uh, who and what and how. Our champion got there and uh, start talking about uh, this very short and quick and hectic offseason. Um, you enjoy your week. I'm sure we'll be messaging back and forth and uh, until next Monday. Always, man. Always a pleasure. Uh, one way or another, we will have a Stanley Cup champion by next Monday. So, you know, tune in next week. We'll talk about it, see uh, what happened here and break it down. And until next week, guys, stay safe. Same bat time, same bat channel. That's Izzo, our NHL expert. Glad to have him every Monday night, 8.30, right here on the 110 Nation Sports Radio um, Network on the 110 Nation Sports Show. Um, looking forward to uh, seeing how things play out uh, for the finals and talk offseason. Offseason is always a very interesting thing, so looking forward to that. Um, don't forget, Wednesday night, I'll be back in the studio for the 110 Nation Sports Show. Tomorrow nights we have Take It Back Tuesday. We throw an oldie but goodie into uh, – um, the the uh, player and uh, we listen to an uh, oldie but goodie while I work on some stuff uh, the B-Site stuff, social media, whatever the case may be for the 110 Nation and then uh, Thursday night um, they've already got scheduled, they got some preview they got some stuff going on in the racing world local wise, uh, of course they're going to uh, talk about the fact that uh, Kurt Busch finally wanted his home track after all these years Strategy got him there, and uh, he was able to uh, hold on the last, I think, like five laps after the strategy started playing out. And caution came at a really inconvenient time for almost the entire field, but like four drivers. 
Um, so we'll uh, we'll get into that uh, Thursday night. So uh, don't forget, you guys can follow us on uh, on Twitter at One Ten Nation. You guys can follow us on Facebook uh, or like us on Facebook, the One Ten Nation Sports, and check out the site www.the110nationsports.com for all the latest. Don't forget tomorrow night. Um, take it back Tuesday, Wednesday night, live in the studio, 8 o'clock. Till next time. Thanks for listening to the 110 Nation Sports Show with Mr. CJ Sports. You are a part of the 110 Nation, so be sure to visit the 110nation.com for everything related to the show. You can follow CJ on Twitter at 110Nation and on Facebook at 110Nation Sports. Until next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.